0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. It's amazing to me, it always blows me away how God orchestrates things. And and there's there's a blessing in planning and programming and having order and all that, but we have to be led by the Holy Spirit, Amen. And so I want to tell you this morning how amazing this service already is. We've already already had service at nine. But on the way in, I was telling my wife, you know, and I don't usually do this. I don't usually say anything. But I was like, you know, we haven't sang uh, Speak the Name of Jesus for a while. And I could probably sing that every week. And she said, no, I've already got a song picked. And so I was like, okay, okay. And, and so it was good because I'll get into that in a second because I've got a word from the Lord for you that has to do with that song. And that's why they were going to sing a fast song just now. But we sang it again because I want you to have that word, still God. He's still God. Let me believe he's still God. Amen. Amen. And my wife did not know what I was going to preach. One out of 100 sermons maybe I tell her on a Saturday, very rarely, that what I'm going to preach. So she has no clue, and she chose that song, which was just writing my message. But then David got up and did the prayer. And while they were singing that song, I was just smiling over there in the first service. And then David got up and did the prayer like he did just now, and he began to read verses, and I just started to smile more. And then he ended with, and if you're heavy burdened, and, and, or heavy, does it? A heavy burden, come I, to me, i yes. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. And so I want David, before he goes down, for him as well to know that he hears from the Lord because you didn't know what I was going to preach. I don't tell you what to say. I don't ever tell the guys what to say when they get up here, but I want him to read the first two words of my title. God's rest. God's rest. First two words of the title, amen? So that's for you to know that the Holy Spirit's real. That's for David to know that he hears God and that the anointing leads us this morning, amen? Thank you, buddy. Praise God. How many are thankful that we listen to the Lord, amen? So, the title of the message is God's Rest, God's Blessings, and God's Best. How many in here today would like to have God's rest? Really? God's rest, not man's rest, God's rest. How many know there's a difference between our rest and God's rest? How many know there's a difference between somebody blessing you and God blessing you? How many know there's a difference between someone else, someone giving you their best, and God giving you his best? Amen? Praise God. Well, I just want to congratulate you already because you're already better than the first service. Don't tell the first service, but I like the 11 o'clock service more. But they ha- you have an advantage on them of two hours of sleep as well. So um, I'm glad you're here. If we have anybody for the first time that's a guest, would you just let them know they're welcome this morning? Amen. We're so glad you're here. First time, <clears throat> whoever you are, we're so glad to have you. <clears throat> I know that there's... Lots of guests. We don't call them get visitors. We call them guests. And we hope you come back. I know there was a lot last week uh, while my wife and I were in Garland preaching for one of our new churches and uh, had great feedback. People got saved. And, and uh, God is doing great things. Amen? But there's <clears throat> every message is powerful that God speaks. Every verse we read is powerful. But today, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a prophetic word, and, and, and I don't always say that, but this is directly from, t- this is fresh bread. How many know that you can eat bread, and then you can eat fresh out of the oven bread? Right? Which, by the way, I'm trying not to eat right now. i have really cut the- trying to cut that out, but it sure does sound good. And we are uh, going to get some fresh bread right now. So I want you to listen to me right now as I read this. Straight from God... And I want you to listen to it as God speaking and not me. Will you do that? Do you still believe? So this is God. God would say, thus says the Lord this morning. Do you still believe I love you unconditionally? Do you still believe? And we just saw that that's the case, that right now you're still being led by my Holy Spirit. Do you still believe that every tear that you shed, I bottle? Do you still believe that all things work together for those who love me? Do you still believe that I hear your prayers even when you have no audible answer, when all seems dark and you seem overwhelmed? Do you still believe that I feed all living things, the fish, the cattle, the flying things, the creeping things? Do you still believe that I count every hair on your head? Do you still believe that when death comes to your loved ones, I give comfort and strength to face the grave. Do you still believe that I forgive all your sins, past, present, and will forgive your future sins if you'll rest and trust in me? Do you still believe that I understand that when Satan sends his messengers against you to plant lies and doubts and blasphemy and fears and despairs that you are in the palm of my hand? Do you still believe that you are more precious to me in silver and gold? Do you still believe that eternal life is your future? Do you still believe that there is no power that can pluck you out of my hand? Do you still believe, says the Lord, how much I love you? How many received that this morning? How many believe that this morning? everything I just read. He says, do you still believe that this morning? God is saying, I want you to have my best. I want you to have my rest. I want you to have my blessings. But right now, as we get started, you have to make a disconnect again from what blessings are in the world, from what rest is in the world, from what the best is in the world, to what the blessings are of God and what the rest of God is and what the best of God is. Can I get an amen? Father, we pray this morning for this message, this time together, for your word. We ask you to anoint my words and that your word would get into the hearts of your people and fruit would come out of it. On this Mission Sunday, God, give us a supernatural understanding of your power and your anointing and that you don't do things like man does them, but you do things in supernatural ways. Lord, let faith arise in this place this morning and let doubt and fear be destroyed. I bind every spirit that comes against the knowledge of God, and I loose the anointing over your word to speak and to transform lives. And I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. As I get into this, this is a message about missions and about uh, supernatural and about these things that you're seeing here. But there's some principles that I want to teach you that you can learn, that you can have, not just today, but for the rest of your life. And on a day like today, just to make things clear, we come in, and it's the first Sunday of the month, and we say, today we're going to give an offering towards missions. The, the goal for us as a church is that one day, and, every, and I don't know who doesn't, who doesn't, one day everybody would participate. Everybody would see the need of giving towards missions. But how many understand, through Bible principle, and we're going to read it in just a second, that, that a missions offering is something that comes from us right it's something that comes out of our money how many understand this morning in the scriptures that, that there's money that's gods and there's money that's ours right even though our money's really still gods but what i'm trying to say is that he gives us everything every good and perfect gift comes from god and then when he gives us what he gives us there's some principles that he has that tests us to see where our hearts are at and so we see in the Bible that we're going to read in a second that, that God expects us as believers to give tithes to him. In other words, we get paid, we get, we get a, a, a check, we take our tithe, we pay the Lord what he's asked us to, and then he leaves us 90% because tithe means 10. And then out of our 90%, then he says as God, now I would like you to give to my kingdom from you because the tithe is in ours. And then he says, and then on top of that, he's, 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 we say, man, he's just an asking God, isn't he? He wasn't just want us to give an offering. Now he wants us to give to missions too. And so sometimes we can have the wrong attitude about those things and not see it the way God wants us to see it. Because how many know this morning, God's not trying to get money from us. God's trying to get money to us. God's not trying to take blessings from us. God's trying to bless us. Amen? God's not trying to take rest from us. He's trying to give us rest. All the things that we need from God, He already has, and He doesn't need them from us. We need them from Him. And so as we get into this, I want you to begin to think about that. Here's what I want your mindset to be. I want God's rest. I want God's blessings, and I want God's best. How many know that God wants all that for us? But He's a God that asks for us to do things as well and it's called, I want you to write two words down that'll be the, the foundation of the message, faith and obedience. Or you want to put it the other way, obedience and faith. However you want to put it, those are two words that are key, listen, to unlocking the supernatural in your life. Because this is the cool thing about serving God. He's a supernatural God. He doesn't do things the way we uh, uh, humans do things. He does things supernaturally. In other words, unexplainably, in other words, out of our power, something that we would a way we would never do it or never could. And so just quickly, first and foremost, don't let your mind be attacked by the devil and take messages like today the wrong way. I'm I'm not trying again to get money from you. I'm trying to teach you that when you have a heart for missions, God is looking for hands that he can flow money through. And when we'll be willing to let it go, he'll say, I can send some more that way. Amen? And you'll get God's best, and you'll get God's blessings, and you'll get God's rest. Because how many know when we're doing what we're supposed to do, we rest? When we're not doing what we're supposed to do, we're uneasy, we're stressed, all this and that. And so Malachi 3, let's read this real quick. I'm only just going to read this to, to get it out as a foundation. Verse 8 says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me, but you say, in what have we robbed you? And it says very clearly right there, tithes and offerings. So offerings, missions is an offering. Tithes is the 10%. Offerings is what we, we give out of our hearts today, whether it's $5, $50, $100, whatever it is. And then it, it's not fun to read it, but it's in there. You're cursed with a curse because you've robbed me. In other words, if you're not obeying, you're not doing what God's asked you to do, You'll still have money, you'll just have less. I've learned that. You'll still have money, it just won't be blessed. How many would rather have a little bit of blessed money than a lot of cursed money? I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And Proverbs is full of it, right? talks about it all the time. Better have a little bit blessed than a lot cursed. And so God is is a God who, who has... Things he expects of us, and he's laying this out here, so keep going. And then it says, bring all the tithes. In other words, every time you get increase, tithe on it. That's 10%. And the storehouse is the church, okay? This is, this, this is so in other words, we don't take today tithes and give our tithes to missions. We say, okay, today's mission Sunday. Instead of paying my tithes off my paycheck, I'm going to give my tithes to missions. That's not, that's not what God says. The tithes are for the storehouse, which is the church. So we can function then we are blessed because then we tithe. Did you know that we tithe as a church? We tithe. As a church, everything that comes in, we tithe, and we send it off to missions. So not only do we send missions Sunday, we send at the end of the month, every year, every month, a tithe off of what comes in, and that goes to missions. That's why we're blessed. That's why some churches are blessed, because of a missions mind. Then he says, there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. It's the only time in the Bible where God says we can test him. Is in our finances, is in giving, is in missions. And he says, and see if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. How many could go for that this morning? Amen. To have such a blessing that you don't even know where to put it. You've got, you've got so much abundance that you're trying to figure out where to give it. Amen? And if you're here and you think that's not possible, it is. And, I, and then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That means that when your tire's flat, your, your battery's dead, you have problems in the house, he's going to help you with that. But if you have that problem and you're not in covenant with God, then, then your stuff is not protected by God and the devil can have access. Okay, so the, problem, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It says, he won't destroy the fruit of your ground nor the vine will fall, fail to bear fruit For you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And watch what 12 says. And all the nations will call you, shouted out, Blessed. blessed. For you will be a delightful land. So I want you to write this quote down this morning. It's a powerful quote the Lord gave me this week as I was praying and preparing. As long as we think we own anything, that thing owns us. Okay, I'm going to say that again. As long as we think we own anything that thing owns us. But as soon as we realize we own nothing, then God owns us. Did y'all get that? So I have a mortgage. I say, I have very few people, and God bless those that are this way, very few people own their house and don't own a mortgage. Praise God for that. There are people. But even if you own, have a mortgage, it's really not your house. And, of course, we know even if you don't have a mortgage, it's not your house because you're going to pay taxes forever, right? But your name's on it. But we need to get to the place to say, yes, I own this house. My name's on it, but this is God's house. This house belongs to God. God's the one that gave me the increase to buy it. When I get that mentality of I don't own anything, then God owns me. And that's a place, listen, where you can rest, That's a place where you'll be blessed, and that's a place where you'll get God's best. Amen? Genesis 2. Let's go back to the beginning and see the principle I want to teach you. Verse 1. And the heavens and the earth were made, and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done. And what did God do? He rested. Okay. Do you think God needs rest? Do you really think God physically needs a nap? Of course not. Why is God putting this in the Bible? The same reason he asked us to give money. Not because he needs it, but because we need the obedience of giving and trusting God. And so he says he rested. So here's the principle. If I get the understanding of resting on Sunday... Making the day. He says, I worked for six days. On the seventh day, I rested. I want you to work six days, and on the seventh day, I want you to rest. I want that day to be church. I want that day to be fellowship. I want that day to be rest. I want that day to be a day of blessing. I know we're living in a day where there's lots of things going on. We take extra jobs. We get called into work sometimes. I understand, get called into work, you're on call. Those are things sometimes you can't control. But God's looking for us to set a day aside and say, this is the day of the Lord. This is the day that I'm going to serve God. I'm going to make church a priority. I'm going to make being in His house a priority because it's a principle that He teaches us. So it says, He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. And then God, what? Blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it. In, in other words, he set that apart from the other days because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now I want to go down to verse 8. If you're in your Bibles there, Genesis 2, verse 8. Then the Lord God planted a garden in eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, and the tree of life, and by the way, in my opinion, that tree of life and that uh, um, forbidden fruit that they ended up eating was a Costa Rican mango. <laughs> That's just my, my narrative of the story, okay? You can put whatever fruit you want in there, but if you've ever tasted a Costa Rican mango in season, it's amazing. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, okay? So we see God establishing this place uh, where he says, it's everything's good, so it's best, it's blessed, there's rest, his plan is perfect, he wants everything to be awesome for us, before we got involved and messed it up, right? That was his plan. And then we'll go down to fifth, verse 15, and it says, then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden, to tend and keep it. For us today, in 2024, God gave us a job, he ha- we have a place to live, we're working, we're living, this, we're doing the same thing, we're tending to our lives, okay? Everybody has different jobs, everybody have different responsibilities, it's the same idea. And then the Lord God commanded the man, and said, of every tree of the garden, you may, watch this word, freely eat. See, when you are doing what God wants you to do, there's freedom, amen? There's no bondage, there's freedom. So he's given us freedom to do whatever we want, but God always has a but. Okay? Because life is a test. And that's how he made us. Okay? He wanted us to, he wanted us to worship him because we want to worship him, not because we have to. How many are thankful you're not a robot today? God gave us a free will. He says, you can do all this, and then he says, but that one thing, don't touch. So for a very generic example, this is the only way I could do it because we're in a building, is, is God says, all this sanctuary, all these lights, all the columns, all the TVs, every, the pla- everything in here is yours. Everything. But that one lamp right there that's above the three that's above reach, teach, sin. that's mine. You can't, don't touch that. Right there, just that one. There's 30 lamps in here, but that one's mine. Okay, God said that. That one's mine. That belongs to me. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can touch everything else, but that's mine. That's also how it works with his finances. He says, I give you all this money, but the tithe is mine. Don't touch it. Don't mess with it. That's mine. And so that's the way it is. And, and, and we as people, unfortunately, we mess that up. And it starts at a very, very young age. When you have grandkids and you give them a toy and they haven't played with it for weeks, and you bring another grandchild over, they start playing with that toy, and then all of a sudden that child that has not played with that toy for weeks says they want to play with that toy. Right? Isn't that human nature? <clears throat> that's, that's, our, that's Sin starts at, at, the, at birth. Amen? I mean, you want to go see the sin nature? We could just all go back to the nursery right now and see it play out. Mine, 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 mine. Amen? It'll be cute sin nature. But it'll be sin nature. And so he's just giving us this principle. I've got blessings, rest, and my best for you. I give you all the freedom to do what you want, but there's certain things I need you to obey me on, and I need you to have faith for it. And when you obey me in it with faith, then you connect to something that is greater than what you can do. Right? Because that's really, just stay with me, that's really, let me finish that. If you eat of it, you're going to die, okay? Don't eat the tree of good good and evil. So you can take that down. So the best thing I can get you to understand, I'm trying to get you to understand today, is that God has this rest and blessings and best for us. And, And we have to get to a place where we understand that when something begins to happen, supernatural, it takes steps of faith. You have to get to a place where you say, we, don't have the, we can't afford to give to We can't afford to tithe. We can't afford... We can, and then you say, but we have to do this because God is testing our obedience. And if I'll just trust His Word and believe what He says, I'll connect not with human beings that have limitations, but I can connect with a God who has no limitations. How many would like to connect to a God this morning that has no limitations? Amen? How many? So, with all that groundwork played out, amen. Thank you. I want you to write this down. We need to train your eyes. So, what does the Bible say? We walk by, not by. Okay? We fail so many times because we're walking with sight, we're trying to walk with faith with spirit physical eyes. We need to train our eyes of faith, listen, to see the unlimited provision of God. You have to train your eyes to do that. And and many of us in here have learned that and are learning that and are getting better. Some of you can't believe now how much you give to the Lord, how much you have stepped out in faith, how much you have uh, changed because you've learned this principle. Others are still learning it. Others haven't heard it yet. Everybody's in different places. Does everybody realize that? But in this, what I'm going to get to in a second is a story that's going to really, hopefully, transform your thinking on how you can have those three things. And it's not a, it's not a dangling carrot. It's not a, a, a motivational speech. It's a truth. It's an absolute truth that you can have God's rest, a rest that man can't give you. So train your eyes. To see the unlimited provision of God. In other words, you need to take your eyes off the situation and you need to put your eyes on God. Okay, and we're going to see that this morning. Here's a few verses that are not on the screen, but you can write them down. But I want you to listen to them. Just a few that the Lord gave me and one one of them was what David mentioned. I was going to put it in the message. and didn't even put it in because the Holy Spirit had that orchestrated, which was the rest one. Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Do you believe that? Okay, if God says it, do we believe it? That's the question. The thing that separates people in the kingdom of God is simply believing. That's it. Some people have breakthroughs and some don't. What's the difference? God loves them more? No, they believed. They believed more. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I have, Jesus says, come to give life, and not just life, but life more abundantly. How many believe that? God wants you to have an abundant life. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Listen to what that said. He is able. How come he's not doing it? Because we're not expressing the faith. He's able, but how come we're not seeing exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think because we're not expressing faith. We're not obeying with faith. When we obey with faith, the exceedingly abundant, above all we can ask or think happens. And it says, according to the power that works in us. Do you realize today that God is in you? That the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and will quicken your mortal bodies? Do you realize who we are serving this morning? He's not a little God. He's the God. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the source of all good things is your daddy, is your father. Amen. How many believe that? I gave you a word in the beginning that was from God. Do you believe it? So one more thing to write down. We don't understand how supernatural God is. When we obey with faith, we lose the supernatural favor of God. I was telling people this week you lose the supernatural favor of God when you believe. Do you believe that God can give you favor to have a better job? Do you believe that God can give you favor to be in a job you like? Do you believe that God can expand your business? Do you believe that God can open doors? Do you believe all those things? As you believe, you, you obey what the Lord tells you. This is, this is where it's going to get a little heavy here because it's on us. His power is limitless. But I'm about to show you here in a story that He expects us to do something sometimes that doesn't make sense. In, in the natural realm, it doesn't make sense for us to give 10% of our income and then give an offering on top of that and then come in on a day like today and give a missions offering too. It doesn't make sense in the natural. But God says, I, I have a way of working that's not natural. But I need you to walk in the supernatural with me in your faith. I need you to see things that you can't see in, in faith. When you stay in the kingdom of God long enough, you'll, your, your faith will be challenged, and then you'll have a victory, and your faith will grow, and then you'll go a little while longer, and your faith will be challenged greater, and then you'll have a victory, and your faith will grow greater, and then you'll go along, and I hope you're getting the idea, you'll just constantly have another challenge to your faith, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. God doesn't change in size. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the king of the universe. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has everything we need. He just needs us to line up with his word through faith and obedience. That's all he needs to do supernatural things. You know, I didn't have this in my notes in the first service, but there are, there are so many stories of names that you would recognize today as, as long-standing, powerful uh, enterprises of businesses, for example, like J.C. Penney and Colgate and, I mean, just a bunch, Rockefeller all kinds of people that you would recognize their names that got saved and got the revelation of, of giving supernaturally, trusting God with their finances. Colgate, I don't know what his first name was, but when he ended, before he, ended his, he went on to be with the Lord, he was giving 90% of his income and living off of 10. How many would like to make so much money that you could give 90%? Amen? But but none of that happens without little tiny tests of faith like today I'm going to go into that service and I'm going to give a missions offering. I don't have this money. It's, it's, just, it's a stretch for me. It's a sacrifice. But I'm going to give it because I believe God's a God of blessings. Amen. Now let's look at 1 Kings 17. I'm going to end here. Okay. But I want you to understand this is one of the most powerful, awesome stories in the Bible. How many have ever heard of Elijah? Elijah is mentioned a lot of times in the Bible where they say the word and Elijah did this or but his, his life is summed up in three chapters 17, 18, and 19 of 1 Kings Okay, and, and it's a very short uh, story about him but it's powerful now, now watch this just a spoiler alert Eli- not in the story Elijah ends up being one of the only two people to never die he didn't die He lived a life unto God, and the last we know of Elijah is he is flying into the sky in a chariot and is taken, which is a picture of the rapture, and is taken into heaven with a fiery chariot and never dies. That's a pretty cool ending, right? But how many know in life we, we sometimes see the ending or we look at someone's life, we look at their prosperity, we look at their marriage, we look at their house, we look at their finances, we look at their church, we look at this, that, and the other, and we go, oh, they're so blessed. But we don't see the beginning of the story. And so we know Elijah ends up going into a, in a, on a chariot into heaven, but what we don't see is what we're about to read right here, the beginning of the life of a missionary in 1 Kings 17.1. When God says through Elijah the Tishbite, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, Elijah says, except at my word. How many would like to be able to tell the rain to stop or come? Do you think God loves Elijah more than us? The Bible tells us he doesn't. Elijah got to a place in his life of faith and obedience that he could do these things. Okay, verse 2, watch this. Then the word of the Lord came. And by the way, I gave you a word from the Lord this morning at the beginning. I hope you go back and listen to it again on the live stream because it's from the Lord. He wants you to hear it. This is a word from the Lord right now that if you'll tap into it, something supernatural will begin to happen. So he says what every missionary hears when, when God is dealing with them to go to another country or another place. Get away from here and go. Heard those words many times in my life, especially going to Costa Rica the first and second and third time. It's time to go. Elijah's being told to go. And, and, and we don't know much about his parents. We don't know much about his life. He's just here. And, and here's the interesting He says, go hide. How many know that's never a good thing? When you've got to hide from something, that's something, that means something bad is on its way. Go hide by the brook Cherith. Okay, How many know a brook is big enough to step over? A creek you can jump over, right? A stream you can wade through, and a river you can swim through. A brook is nothing hardly, it's barely any water at all. And, and he tells him, I want you to stay, leave it right here for a second. I want you to hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Sorry, next verse, and watch this. And then he says, It shall be that you shall drink from the brook. See, the thing that's interesting here is is God's not, someone's going to catch this, God's not telling Elijah, hey, you're going to go and fly in a chariot up into heaven. He's saying, go drink from a brook. That does not sound very exciting, does it? And watch this. And I have commanded, don't change it yet, please, the ravens to feed you there. This isn't the Baltimore ravens, okay? (laughs) Okay. How many know ravens are not very healthy birds? They have fleas, they're nasty, they're those black ones you see everywhere that you don't want around. Is anybody seeing what God's doing here? He's not exactly dangling a carrot. Elijah, you're going to go and be prospered and you're going to fly in a chariot into heaven and everybody's going to talk about you for thousands of years. No, go, hide, drink water from the brook and I'm going to feed you with ravens. That's how things start. That's how the blessings and the blessings and the rest and the best come is when you start to listen to God speak to you in the difficult times. When there's nothing. When you can see something when there's nothing. You are following me? Today, you can have nothing, but you can see something in your spirit and God can begin to do something supernatural if you can see it. You have nothing, but he's, it's there. I believe that Elijah, in his spirit, was seeing the chariot go into heaven. But he says, okay, this is a test. And, and, and watch what he does. Watch verse 5. He went. Uh, that does not appeal to me, but I'm going. Okay, And it's, he never tells you the end. But we do know, thankfully from the Bible, he has good thoughts toward us. And, and see what, what Elijah didn't have is he didn't have Jeremiah yet. If he could have had Jeremiah, tell him, I know the thoughts I'm thinking towards you. I formed you in your mother's womb before I knew you. He didn't have Jeremiah yet, right? See, what, when we get into a church that's established like this, you get to hear someone like Pastor Portnova, who's been preaching the gospel for 45 years and wean off of his experience. You get to listen to me as a missionary and talk about my experiences. You get to listen to different people who've, who've done things and seen things, and we can help you. He didn't have Jeremiah yet. He didn't have Isaiah yet. He just said, oh, a brook and ravens. Cool, let's go. Right? Just crazy enough to believe God. So he went according to the word of the Lord. You do need to make sure it's the Lord. And he went to a brook, Cherith and stayed, which flows into the Jordan. Let's keep reading. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. So at least he got meat. Amen. That's a good thing. And he drank from the brook. But then it happened after a while that the brook dried up. This is important. Sometimes you're starting to obey God. You have faith with God. God starts to move. God starts to open some doors. And you think, all right, this is it. 90 to nothing. Here we go. Here's the ride. And all of a sudden, everything dries up. And it doesn't happen like you want it to. And then you got to go back to the drawing board of getting your relationship from the Lord. And go back to the drawing board and listen to the word of the Lord on a Sunday morning where God says, Do you still believe I love you unconditionally? Do you still believe you're being led by the Holy Spirit? Do you still believe all things work together for good for those who love me? Do you still believe I hear your prayers even when you have no audible answer and everything seems dark and you're overwhelmed? Do you still believe I feed all living things? Do you still believe I count every hair on your head? Are you following me? You got to go back to the drawing board again because not not only did it sound good, but the the little bit that you had, the meat and the bread is now gone, and the and the water's dried up from the little brook. You you thought I went, and I'm gonna tell you this from experience. You think you go, everything's gonna be perfect, it's all gonna work out. You don't understand that when God is showing you something in the future that He wants to do in your life, that's big. You're not gonna get there in one step. It's going to take lots of little faiths and obediences over and over again. It's going to take lots of looking in the mirror and reminding yourself, I have a thus says the Lord, and I know the Lord has spoken to this to me, and I know He's going to complete it even though I don't see it. And not only do I not like what's going on, everything's dried up. God, are you mad at me? Didn't you tell me to go? Yes, He did but he's testing your faith and your obedience, right? Now, watch this. This is really interesting. So the brook brook dries up, and he says, and this is interesting. He says, go back, yeah. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Now, watch this. And don't change the verse yet, please. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he's probably thinking, as all of us would think, yeah, nice, a place to stay, a roof over my head. This widow probably had a very rich husband, and she has a lot of money. She can cook good. Every, that, yes, Lord, thank you. The brook has dried up, but it's, I'm, I'm going from God's good to God's best right here. Here comes the blessing. And that sounds good if you don't know the story. Okay, y'all with me? So, again, he's probably walking to Zarephath, skip to Malu. He's excited. Amen. He's happy. I'm going to get my first day of rest. I've been sleeping by a brook. I've been eating from the ravens. I've been drinking from water from the... It's going to get good. I can't wait to meet this widow. And then he does, verse 10. So he arose and went. That's key too, right? And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, there was a widow gathering sticks. And if you can imagine and know this story, I'm trying to help you go as we go along here. She probably wasn't dressed very nice. She didn't have very much money. And he's thinking, that's the widow. That's not the rich widow that I was thinking. But the Holy Spirit said, that's her. And then, this is interesting, he goes up to her and says, hey, can you give me a drink? She's In a bad place. How many know when you can look at somebody? You know they're in a bad place. She's dirty, she's depressed, she's picking up sticks, and he says, I need you to give me a drink of water. Now, watch before we move on. In the story, there's senders and there's goers. I preached a whole message on that one time. You got to figure out what you are. Some of you here in here are senders, and some of you are goers. Elijah was the goer. This widow is about to become the sender, the provider. Okay, y'all with me? But it doesn't look good. A lot of times when it doesn't look good, if you've known the Lord and had any experience, you you might actually crazily get a little excited. Because it means something really awesome is right around the corner. Because I know how God did last time. Some of you just haven't had any experiences yet. To be able to look back and say he did it before, he'll do it again. And when you get a few notches under your belt, you can start to see why people do, do such crazy things. Because they, I know he did it before. I've been here to this brook before. I've been here to this doubt before. I've been here to this dried up place before. I know it's around the corner. It's God's rest. It's God's blessing. It's God's best. I just got to pass this test and then I'm going to get God's rest so next he says she, she, as she was going to get it see so she is hearing the word of the Lord and she's saying "Not to, I, don't have, I don't have anything but I'm going to do what the man of God says and he calls her over as she's going to get the water and he gets a little more bold and he says hey can you also bring me some bread Sometimes when you hear us say something in an offering or a message or a sermon, it might seem bold, but maybe God's testing your faith. Maybe instead of looking at us like we're trying to get money from you or we're trying to manipulate you or whatever it is that the devil's trying to tell you, you should say, ooh, this is an opportunity right here. He's saying something kind of crazy. This might be the situation where God wants to change my life right here. If I could just obey in this little crazy situation right here where it seems impossible. They're asking me to give, but I ain't got nothing to give. But God, God's going to speak to you in your situation, right? So can you give me a, some bread too? Now watch, this, this is where it gets really good, and I'll begin to close. So she said, as the Lord your God lives... I don't have any bread. That means there's a need. I only have a handful of flour in this little bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I might go. Now, this is interesting because in the story, how many know that through the word of the Lord, Elijah already knows all this? But we're good at telling God our situation. But God, you know I ain't got no money in the bank. You know I can't do this. You know I ain't got no talent. You know I'm too old. You know, whatever it is. And, and, and God's just waiting for you to get done with your excuses and say, I, I can really use you right now if you just do what I tell you to do. I've got a major plan for you. I'm supernatural. I can make the Red Sea part, I can raise people from the dead, I can erase debt. Just last week in, let's put that down for a second and come back in in a second. I didn't say this story in the first service. We were in Garland, and I don't think she would mind me saying this. Pastor Brian's sister, older sister, was talking to us after the service because I preached a message on, it was kind of the miraculous, amazing miracles of God or something like that. And she came up and told me that it spoke to her so much because God had done so many miracles in her life. And she's a doctor. And God's elevating her to some other positions to make more money and kind of go into her own practice and her own business and be able to do a lot more and make more money and have less, more more time with her family and all that. And she's telling us all this. And she said that she just found out a few months ago that her $160,000 college debt was erased, $160,000, and not only that, as she's been paying for I don't know how many years towards her debt, she started getting checks in the mail for thirty dollars or $40,000 that she had overpaid, and they gave it back to her, Amen. See, God is supernatural. And listen, I could pass this microphone around this morning, and you could hear story after story after story of miracles. But some people never get to experience the blessings because they don't step out in faith and obedience. Amen? Watch this. So she's getting an opportunity to get a blessing. She's trying to tell the story that he already knows. And she so says, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I might go in and prepare it for myself. And this is how a lot of us are with our situation so we can eat it and die. I'm done. It's over for me. All right? So you might be here this morning and you might feel like it's over. It's not over. When Jesus went into the grave, they thought it was over. But then the countdown started, and that third day was coming. And he came out of the grave. Amen? You might be in the grave right now. But God is in the resurrection business. He can pull you out of that today. He can do something supernatural in you today. He can change your circumstances today. He can change your situation today. He can turn it around today. If you'll just have faith and obedience. So... Watch this as we begin to close here. Watch this. The next thing happens is he says, don't fear. How many like to hear that? I told you that. this morning. Don't fear. Do you still believe God said? Go and do as you have said. Okay, so he says, go ahead and go make your last meal. But watch this. Here's the principle. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. He says, but make me a small cake first. Make me a small cake first. That's the first fruit. God doesn't want our leftovers. He doesn't want seconds. He wants our best. It's funny how we want God's best, but we don't want to give God our best. It's funny how we want God's blessings, but we don't want to bless God. It's funny how we want God's rest, but we don't do what we need to have the rest. Are y'all following me? So he says this principle. If you haven't gotten anything else out of this message, get those few words. Go make me a small cake first and bring it to me. God says, give me what belongs to me first. Seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all the things you need will be added unto you. Amen? Isn't that what the Bible says? And bring it to me. And then afterward, he says, see, this is the supernatural that you have to believe. You go make some for yourself. So here's the principle. Make me something first, and then you go make yours. And watch what he says. Happens. And thus says the Lord. How many like to hear a thus says the Lord? The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the, day the Lord sends rain on the earth. She got a supernatural blessing. Because she was willing to have faith and obedience in a place of of strife. And then at the same time, the man of God was in a place also of lack. He wasn't getting what he thought he was going to get for being obedient. But he told her what to do. He was bold enough to say, this is what you need to do. Both of them did what they were supposed to do. And then a miracle happened. But we see Elijah going up into the sky in the chariot. That never happens if Elijah doesn't go to the brook first. That doesn't happen if Elijah doesn't have the wrong attitude when he sees the widow that he thought was going to be the wife of an ex-millionaire. Are you with me? That's the life. That's the, and then you go on to read more about Elijah. He's, he's, he's facing all kinds of problems, and, and there's a reason why he's hiding and all these different things. But today, God wants you to understand He just wants you to trust and obey. Amen, His Word. Father, today I pray that these people would get a revelation of this Word today. God's rest. Lord, when I am walking in obedience to You, it doesn't matter what's going on in my bank account, my physical body, my life in general. When I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. When I'm obeying your word and expressing faith, there is a rest that comes to me. My greatest blessing today is not anything material, but knowing that I have a Father who loves me and and a Son who died on the cross for me and a Holy Spirit who speaks to me. And guides me and leads me in the way I should go. That's the blessing. Everything else is extra. And Lord, I know that when I am doing what I'm supposed to do, I get your best. Lord, this is not a manipulation thing, this is an obedience thing, this is a trust thing, this is really a total surrender thing. My life is in your hands. I no longer live this morning, but Christ lives in me. Today, Father, I thank you that you've spoken to hearts, many hearts. Today, something's going to change. It's not about hype. It's not about excitement. It's not about jumping up and down and clapping and shouting. It's about grabbing onto the word of the Lord and saying, God, I receive that. You're going to use me you're going to change me. You're going you're to take me to places I never thought I'd go. You're going to do things I never thought I'd do through me because of your power and your supernatural grace today. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you individually as He does each one of us. How many all over this place this morning, and those listening on the live stream, and those listening on the podcast, could say the the, the most important thing I need today is forgiveness. The greatest blessing today is to be forgiven, to have your sins washed away. Behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. That right where you're at, as an ungodly person without Jesus, Jesus died for you. In the position you're in right now. Doing the things that you're doing. Coming from the past that you came from. He still loves you. And he died for you. And today he's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, let me in. I will change you. I will show you things that you haven't even had enter into your mind. I'll do exceedingly, abundantly above what you can ask or think if you'll just give me your life and surrender to me. How many all over this place today could say, Pastor, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Just put your hand up and put it right back down quickly all over this place. I need to be saved. I need Jesus. I see your hand to come into my life. Maybe you've tried religion, maybe you've tried church membership, maybe you've tried to be a good person, you've tried and tried different things, different ways. Stop trying and let God, let God come in, let God change you, let God transform you. It's not about church membership today, it's about being forgiven. Because the Bible tells us all of us sin and all of us fall short of the glory of God. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few moments. Don't leave this place without knowing I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I want to make a public confession today. I need Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. The only way to have true rest is to know your soul belongs to Jesus. And that comes by saying, I believe. I accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross. How many more? Would you let me pray with you? I've never done that before. Just lift it up. Put it right back down. Amen. I see your hand. Let's stand. And also, maybe you're here five years ago, five months ago, five weeks ago. You were a kid. You, you, you came to an altar. You said a sinner's prayer. You, you believed on Jesus. But today, you're your life's not where you know it's supposed to be. It's not lined up. Sin in your life, there's anger in your life, there's unforgiveness in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with, but today you want to come back to that first love. Revelation says you've lost your first love. You don't love me like you used to. The worst thing that can happen is to lose that first love. God wants to reignite that today. As we open up the altars in a few minutes, if that's you, say, God, I'm back. I'm back. We always tell people, it's 50 feet. You can walk 50 steps away from God. You don't have to walk 50 steps back. It's just one. It's just one step back to the mercy and the grace of God. I can't say this enough. You know what the greatest blessing in the world is? The mercy and the grace of God. That God would love us. That God would die for us. That he who knew no sin would become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. If you raise your hand this morning and you want to accept Christ and you want to let me pray with you, maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but something's telling you, I need to do this today. Again, it's not about signing a membership card or being baptized in water, it's about your heart saying, Lord, I want to follow you. If, you. if you meant that, you raised your hand, you meant that, you want me to pray with you, just find that nearest aisle and just step out and come down real quick. I want to pray with you. Come on, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed. We've all done it. Come on, they're coming. Come on, I saw some hands go up. Just come. Praise God. Come on, how many more? Somebody come stand behind him. Amen. Don't be in shame. Don't be embarrassed. Oh, draw them, Holy Spirit. Draw them, Holy Spirit. Let them know your love this morning, God. Let them know your forgiveness. Let them know how real you are, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just say this with me. Those that are online, those that are on the podcast, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. According to your word, I fall short. I cannot get to heaven because of a good or bad person that I am. My goodness is filthy rags. I need forgiveness. Today I repent and I ask you to forgive me from all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood that you shed on that cross. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is Lord. There is no other God. There is no other way. You are the way. You are the truth. And you are the life. I accept you, trust you, and surrender to you. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.